Hello and welcome to Geek Between the Lines, the podcast where we explore compelling themes in some of our favorite geeky properties. I'm Chris. And I'm Brittany. And this week we'll be exploring the theme of friendship in Star Wars. So how are you keeping up your friendships during quarantine? It's weird because in some ways I feel like I'm connecting with or reconnecting with people more than Mm. I had been in everyday life. I'm home a lot myself because of my uh, different health issues and whatnot, but everybody else isn't usually home, so uh, other people are a lot more available than they usually are, and they're bored, so (laughs) it's easier to just like... (laughs) Yeah, uh, we've done some Zoom game nights and stuff. And even with some people where I haven't had a game night with them in at least a decade because now we're in like different states, you know? And so it's mm-hmm. it's kind of like, obviously, this is a tragic, stressful, horrible thing that's happening. And then there's this one nice little perk, I guess, that is kind of reconnecting. Or I have, you know, some friends just checking in with, you know, how are you doing? I'm thinking about you and your health and stuff that people don't necessarily always normally do. So yeah, I I feel like I'm actually talking to some of my friends more so than usual. (laughs) Um, Partially, I think, also just because I feel like whenever tragedies happen, people focus a little bit more on what's important for a while at least Mm. uh so when it's just random daily life it's like oh yeah i should contact that person but then months go by and you you know you keep putting it off or you forget or whatnot so i think it's just happening more now but yeah that's me what about you um yeah similarly i think that that this has given people the incentive to kind of try things that are social, um, even if it's online. So party games, uh, Jackbox, I've played a a role-playing game with my family members online, you know, doing things that the point of it is to kind of do something cooperatively or collaboratively, I think is more incentivized during this time, which which is nice. Um, There's definitely still some things that I miss, um, but I also find my... Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) But I also find myself texting people more and I think people are yeah a little bit more starved for that contact and so we get a little bit more communication Mm. Mm -hmm. well in our discussion of Star Wars we're going to start with a quote this quote comes from the Empire Strikes Back when the ghost of Obi-Wan Kenobi is talking to Luke about whether he should leave his Jedi training or not It is you and your abilities the Emperor wants. That is why your friends are made to suffer. And that is why I have to go. I think he said a little more whiny, but that's okay. Typically, yeah. You can always just assume it. Skywalker's in general. Whiny. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, I, I, I tease Luke a lot, but no, I appreciate a lot of things about Luke. And his commitment to his friends is one of them. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it is uh, a really important defining feature, especially in his journey in this movie, in Empire, where he kind of is struggling between his own path as a Jedi and then his loyalty to his friends. Mm-hmm. But it is, I think, I mean, you see in a lot of, a lot of movies and TV shows and 
comic books and all sorts of different media that I think it's a common theme of you torture or torment or endanger a character's loved ones to get what you want right Mm -hmm. I I don't know how often that actually happens in real life (laughs) but it definitely is something that is common in media yeah absolutely but if you knew that's why somebody was doing something yeah how how could you stay yeah it'd eat me up inside it would definitely eat you up inside (laughs) like i would feel really bad it would be one of those like things where will everyone else in the galaxy die if i go and i like fail and they like kill me Granted, would I think that I'm that special that would happen? No. But, like, when there aren't any other Jedi that we see around, I don't know. There are things to weigh. Whether you weighed it and you're like, hmm, maybe it's really not a good idea for me to go right now for, Mm. like, the sake of everyone and the Empire continuing to, you know, oppress and exploit the galaxy just because I care about these particular three people. Even if you decided in favor of that, like, of course, like for the rest of my life, I would be ridden with guilt and sorrow over it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you would just go, Chris. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I feel like there's an arrogance both ways where either you, you think that, you know, you are so important to the galaxy that, you need to protect yourself even at the expense of your friends or an arrogance that your friends are more important than the galaxy. Like either way, you're you're prioritizing something and, and made to make a decision that is just impossible. Well, and you're forgetting that you also have the arrogance that you actually can save them. Mm-hmm, exactly. <laughs> so there's like, there's, there's a lot going on there <laughs> that all involves arrogance. Yeah. Which but is this... neither of our favorite things. Yeah. But this episode is not arrogance in Star Wars. It's friendship. (laughs) Yeah, we could have a whole really long episode on that. Absolutely. (laughs) But uh, actually, the character I wanted to talk about was Luke Skywalker. Oh, hey. And Since we've done that, should we move on to my point then? (laughs) I'll talk a little bit more about, about him because I do think that he's an interesting character in regards to friendship, not only because obviously he, he values friendship in the ways that we were talking about, but also because of the ways that he is so quick to make friends. You know, he mm. has clearly met Ben Kenobi a couple times. He knows of him, but he's not exactly close with him. And yet by the time he dies on the Death Star, he is distraught over it so much so that he has to be tended to by Leia, who just lost her entire planet right oh my goodness talk about uneven emotional labor but then he also feels very soon thereafter really tied to han and bummed that han is still being selfish and you know his his relationship with leia is so quick and and all these other kinds of things like he just builds these friendships so fast and one of the first things that we hear from him is that he wanted to go into Tashi Station with his friends, basically, right? I think that his desire for connection is so strong. And 
part of me thinks like that you could maybe psychoanalyze that he's you know the the this only child who doesn't know his parents doesn't have any other family outside of his aunt and uncle who are clearly keeping things from him but then part of me is like oh maybe it's the force that he kind of desires more connection with other living things even if he doesn't understand it um so yeah there's just some different ideas about why he wants to to make friends so quickly and so much uh, and why it's so important to him yeah and like aunt baru had talked about that all of his other friends had already left mm. which yeah that's always the bummer too yeah exactly you know even increasing any kind of isolation that he might be feeling mm-hmm he, and so he's not intentionally isolating himself. He just lives on tattooing. Mm-hmm. And even C-3PO and R2, I think he like builds pretty fast friendships with in ways that are actually kind of adorable. One of my favorite things when I rewatch it is seeing his early interactions with the droids and how he looks forward to uh, helping them and how he gives C-3PO the bath and all these other kinds of things. I just think it's like, it's so nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, yeah, I just think that Luke's an interesting character, both because of that commitment to his friends that we really see as an important plot point, as we've discussed, but also thinking about the rationale behind that and and him as a character in the ways he builds those connections, I think is, is just pretty fascinating. Yeah, and I mean, also, like, the fact that this whole war is going on and he's trying to help the rebels... And as soon as Han is taken away, he's going to spend the whole beginning of the next movie just trying to get him back. Mm-hmm. And apparently when, like two years in between. Yeah, right. However long it was. And it's just like, wow, maybe there are more important things going on in the world. <laughs> and he's he's only frozen in carbonite. Like, nothing's really going to happen to him. <laughs> but, yeah, he's so... Yeah, just committed. And I think probably because he feels guilty, too, that he failed in trying to save them, that Han is in that circumstance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but but how much of the leadership of the Rebel Alliance is going and doing all these different plans to save Han? Lando's there, Chewie's there, Leia's there. They're all doing these different stuff, and ultimately it all comes together, but they're all just there to save one general, I guess, and not being doing anything else in regards to the rebellion. One general who actually doesn't have any military experience. <laughs> hey, he was a grunt in the Empire. For like a day. <laughs> well, what plot did you want to talk about? So I wanted to talk about the friendship that happens between C-3PO and R2 and how it's actually basically responsible for all of the events happening in A New Hope Hmm. because R2 got 3PO to go on the escape pod with him, right? Mm -hmm. And if they hadn't already been friends, that wouldn't have happened. And once they crash down to Tatooine, then 3PO, they separate for a bit because they want to go in different directions. And, you know, he's like, yeah, you go that way. I don't care if something bad happens to you. (laughs) And he does. Because then once he gets reunited with him, and then he gets Uncle Owen to buy R2 from the Jawas. So then they're both there with Luke. And because of that, then 
everything happens. Luke gets involved with Obi-Wan. Also, really unfortunately, Owen and Beru get killed. And then Mm -hmm. he goes with them and, you know, everything unfolds from there. And then also, I think part of it's that their abilities complement each other. So even when they're on the Death Star... If they didn't stay together with each other during that whole ordeal, then the heroes would have gotten flattened, you know, in the trash compactor, right? Mm-hmm. But because 3 is able to quickly and easily communicate, whereas R2 can very easily access computers and turn things off and on. And because they're together too... 3PO was able to talk their way out of being taken in by the that, I don't know what rank he would have had, but the, the guy who came in with the stormtroopers and then he's mm. like talking to them and it's like, oh yeah, they just ran that way, you know, where R2 never would have been able to do that. And so everything would have been different. So I think them having that friendship is, first of all, it's adorable and I love it <laughs> and how much they like bicker with each other even though you only like know one side of the conversation but Mm -hmm. that is actually important to the plot and like sets the foundation for all of the other friends meeting basically yeah that's so true they they complement each other so well in the original trilogy which i think is also one of the reasons why the prequel trilogy doesn't sit as well for a lot of people because C-3PO is barely in it. And when he is, he's basically entirely just doing his own thing. And R2 becomes a superhero instead of him, you know, needing C-3PO and and being complimented by C-3PO. He is able to just be a sidekick himself. And I think that that is not as interesting. Like there's some, sure there's some cool scenes, but it's not as interesting or as entertaining as seeing him with 3PO. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I mean, that was kind of a similar way in the sequels as well. I mean, they're not in it a ton, but they're also not always together. And I mean, I thought it was cute that 3PO was kind of depressed about R2 Mm. being on whatever low power mode in The Force Awakens. But that whole plot didn't really make any sense. So (laughs) it, yeah. It's not as good as when they're together and they can be tag-teaming things. Yeah, for sure. But why don't we move on to our compelling questions? Which one do you have for me? Okay, my question actually is a little bit more meta um, than looking at Star Wars and its narrative. Okay. I was wondering what you think... You do love being I meta. Do. I know, I'm the metaist. And I was wondering why you think Star Wars is so effective at making friends, Like, why people are so able to build friendships off of a shared love of Star Wars? Hmm. That's a good question. Because is it Star Wars specifically, or is it that people can fairly easily build friendships off of any type of big series that people like and not everybody likes? But, like, now it's pretty mainstream Mm -hmm. but it hasn't always been so yeah anything that like has a big cult following is there something that makes star wars stand out versus people who are harry potter fans or last airbender fans and star trek fans i'm not sure i mean i think 
before things were quite as mainstream before they started coming out with all of these new movies and shows and everything there was something about like nerd culture that I think you can feel a little bit more like camaraderie or something with other people who like Mm -hmm. it too if not everybody likes it I mean you would think especially with the original trilogy and especially if you're around our age you didn't watch it when it came out because you weren't alive then so you're watching these older films that you still found something really valuable and charming about Mm -hmm. them because you're not drawn to it for the special effects if you're watching it in the 90s. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. It, that's a hard one because there's a the whole sci-fi element, which, yeah, when things are fantastical or sci-fi or something, it can be really fun to do cosplay of it or mm-hmm. people go into fanfics or whatever it would be when you can relate to things with, other people that's definitely a connecting point but then also like i know that there's like a whole really terrible group of of star wars fans that do things like make the movie where they cut all female characters out you Mm. know so and people who will boycott rogue one because the cast is too diverse and like a woman is the lead character so I don't know, it's hard because I'm like, yeah, there's some friends that I have that are Star Wars friends and we can joke and enjoy things. But then there's a lot of people I'm like, "Mm, just because you like Star Wars does not mean I would want to be your friend. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I don't know, what do you think? Yeah, I I think those are all all good points. But I I do think that there is something kind of really unique about Star Wars or or a confluence of unique things uh, where it kind of hits this sweet spot where it, I think, has been effective at connecting people in ways that other properties aren't always. Obviously, people, you know, will absolutely connect over Harry Potter and all these other amazing properties. But I think that Star Wars, for one, has this kind of larger mass appeal where the movies have been around for so much longer, especially the original trilogy, where they're just kind of baked into the blood of society at this point um, in ways that I'm sure Harry Potter and others will get to eventually. But I I think Star Wars is a little bit more just ubiquitous uh, when it comes to kind of the the cultural zeitgeist. But I also think that there's an interesting element of kind of it being multi-generational, where the original trilogy came out in the 70s and 80s, and then the prequels in the 90s and early aughts, and now the sequel trilogy. And I think that also kind of has helped, because certainly people in our generation, you know, we have had our parents who loved it when it first came out and kind of passed that on to us. And then when we were young, we got to experience new Star Wars, and then younger generations can now experience another gener- another type of new Star Wars. And then there's more and more of these shows and things like that that go out as well, where this kind of, I think, extra generations help to keep it vibrant in really interesting ways. And I think also that that expanded universe is really important. Unlike Harry Potter, which might still come out with new things, but it's kind of very directed and, and pretty rare or 
Hunger Games, which na- just now is going to get a sequel, you know, years and years after the original trilogy, yeah, is. which is very exciting. But Star Wars has such a sh- large shared universe of books and comics and video games that it also, I think, has a different level of kind of depth in which people can get involved, where they can just love the movies, and lots of people just love the movies, right? And that's great. And then there's people who really love the books or the comics or who, you know, follow everything or don't. And if you and your friends, I I certainly have been with uh, groups where, you know, one of us might have read a book that they can kind of bring up and be like, oh, well, you know, this happened with this character Thrawn or with, you know, Jaden Solo, who was one of the original Solo kids or all these other kinds of ideas. That, for me at least, the idea that there's still more out there uh, is also a way that c- kind of keeps me engaged and gives me things to talk about with with other fans and stuff. So, yeah, I just, I feel like Star Wars, I don't know, it has this these kind of really interesting special elements that, that really make it something that can build friendships in, in really cool ways. Now that makes sense. I think for me particularly, I've met more random friends in the world because of love of Harry Potter or... The Last Airbender or something like that. But I also haven't really had an in-depth engagement with Star Wars things outside of the movies, a couple of the TV shows now. And I've read a couple books, but that's about it. Definitely never played any of the video games. Haven't there's so many books out there. <laughs> and I've you yeah. Know, I really remember reading like one and a few when I was a kid which I couldn't even tell you what the plot was (laughs) now (laughs) so so yeah probably how you engage with the things does make a big difference but to your generational point I think that that is true because well my mom and dad saw it when it originally came out my mom got her younger brother into it and he was like 19 years younger than her and then they all got us into it when my sisters and I were born. And then my mom's brother had kids, which were definitely way after us because, again, the 19-year age gap. Mm. Um, then they've been involved. So we have this span from, like, 68 years old to 11 years old. And, like, all of us can talk about it or see the movies or, like, joke about it, play Star Wars clue or something (laughs) and yeah it's something that we can all engage with because we all have some knowledge of it yeah i think oftentimes our humor can center around stuff like that yeah absolutely well what's your question for me so my question for you is what strengths and weaknesses do you see in different friendships in star wars what do you mean by strengths and weaknesses i guess both an element that you think is positive in friendships and maybe elements that are not. Gotcha. Well, the first one that comes to mind is Anakin and Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's a, and obviously this is brought in in large part by the Jedi Order, which I clearly have my problems with, but there's this <laughs> um, this need for dishonesty that ultimately I think contributes to the ending of of their friendship and the Jedi Order because Anakin does not trust Obi-Wan with his his secret with his decision to marry Padme and have a child and so 
he doesn't really have that honest friendship with the kinds of things that he's worried about and he can't explain what he's worried about to his mentor and best friend and so that kind of opens up the opportunity for Sidious to come in instead so I think that you know when it was insidious <laughs> and yeah so I think that 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 shows that honesty and acceptance are really important in a friendship um, obviously holding people accountable is also important, but being able to know that you can share something with a friend and not have it end a friendship, I think is also important and they don't have that and shows, I think, a weakness in, in their friendship. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. The other thing that, that comes to mind is you mentioned with C-3PO and R2-D2 how they complement each other because, you know, one of the reasons is that R2 speaks in binary and C-3PO can be much more communicative. But I also feel like sometimes, especially when I think about Han and Chewie, that makes friendships that are unequal in the way they're represented, because only one of them do we see kind of their full range of reactions and communication, and typically only one of them communicates much with the other, the rest of the cast in a full range of communication um, outside of, you know, body language and tone and other things like that. But... Yeah, I wonder just at the representation of these friendships, because I think both of those are pretty clear binaries for a lot of the movies, and seeing how they, they kind of both rely on these, one who speaks in English or basic, and the other who does not. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know, what, what were you thinking? Yeah, so I mean, I obviously what we talked about at the beginning, like Luke being willing to sacrifice everything for Han and Leia and Empire, and Han and jedi i mean including chewy he's also willing to sacrifice everything in jedi as well mm. for han so i think that can be a really beautiful thing and a positive thing in uh friendships hopefully you don't have to make those sacrifices <laughs> but it's nice if you're willing uh i find interesting like cassian and lando uh in these newer movies caring so much for their droid friends mm even though they're like a completely different type of being and one in which most of the rest of the galaxy seems to think are perfectly fine to own and put restraining belts on and everything. And so I think that they care so much for them and are affected so much by losing them or thoughts of losing them. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. It's not just all humanoid friends with humanoid friends, mm -hmm. um, but with there being, I mean, I wish we got to see more interspecies friendships, but um, <laughs> I like that at least you see a lot of loyalty seemingly on both sides of, of those two friendships with Cassian and K2SO and Lando and L3. Mm -hmm. I also, on kind of the negative side... I just kind of wonder with Han, Leia, and Luke, I kind of wonder, like, if you can actually have true friendship if while you're trying to get to know each other, your goal is to get one of them to like you romantically. Mm. I mean, until Return of the Jedi, both of them were trying to get Leia's affections you know mm. and it's like can you really have a true friendship if you have this agenda and how does 
that agenda affect Luke and Han's friendship with each other. Han basically just seemed to enjoy teasing him about it, Mm -hmm. (laughs) doing things to mess with him, basically. But yeah, I don't know. It, It definitely is not something I would see as a positive. And it just kind of reminds me, jumping over to one of our other series, The Hunger Games, when PETA tells Katniss, I'm sorry, like, this is on me. What if we just try to be friends and get to know each other as friends? Like, let's just be friends. Mm. Because, yeah, how do do you be friends when someone else has an agenda? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, good point. Well, what is your missed opportunity? My missed opportunity has to do with the prequels and is the fact that I wish that they did more with Obi-Wan and Padme's friendship. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the trilogies all seem to kind of, to try to mirror this idea of a, a three-person kind of core party, like Han, Luke, and Leia. The sequel trilogy has Poe and Finn and Rey, and the prequels, it seems to be Anakin and Obi-Wan and Padme. Yet, we don't really see much interaction between Obi-Wan and Padme. We see a very, very little bit of it at the end of episode three, where he finds out that Anakin's the father, but that's the one scene that she has with anyone who's not Anakin in the movie. And we don't see much else of their friendship and and kind of how they get along. And I think that would be really, really interesting, not only because they both share this rambunctious close friend in Anakin that they can obviously share stories about just being close to a person like him, but I think it that they both kind of have a more kind of intellectual look at certain things that Anakin certainly does not share. And it would be really cool to kind of see how they, they interact in that way. And um, even him as someone who doesn't exactly trust the Senate or politicians, how he engages with someone who he respects, even if they're in this system that he doesn't respect as much. Uh, I just, I, I would love to see more of, of their interactions and both how they get along and where there might be friction. Definitely. That would be interesting. You know what would also be interesting? Tell me. Because you said that. Now I'm like, I want to see more of Padme and her decoy. I don't remember the decoy's name. But like their friendship, that would have been really interesting. That would be really interesting. Yeah. Apparently she just came back in some recent comic books. Where she, in a Darth Vader comic, where he sees her and at first is like, Padme? And he's like, oh no, it's not. I don't know exactly what happens in the story, but um, it's an interesting, interesting place to go. But didn't she die in The Revenge of the Sith? Did she? Yeah, I thought... Oh, the one, uh, I guess there might be multiple ones? I don't know. (laughs) All good questions. (laughs) They were such good friends that they don't even know which ones (laughs) Well, what's your missed opportunity? So my missed opportunity is that I would like to have seen some of the villains actually have friendships because in our real world, even the worst people (laughs) seem to have friends, even if I don't particularly want to be friends with them. Yeah, it makes characters more... Not, not so that it makes them relatable, but it makes them more well-rounded and more dynamic. So you have, like, 
Anakin and Palpatine, but it's more of a mentor than a friend, you know? Mm-hmm. And, a bad mentor, but yeah, still. and it's entirely trying to use someone as well, so it's one-sided, really. Yeah, exactly. It, it wasn't real friendship, but, like, if Anakin felt that it was, and then felt differently at some point, like, that could have been interesting, at least... And then you have Tarkin call Vader his friend, mm-hmm. but we never see that. Tarkin obviously dies with the blowing up of the first Death Star, and that seems to have absolutely no effect on Vader. And if we know anything about Vader going back to the prequels, it's that he does seem to have this like strong loyalty and is very upset when people he cares about die. Mm-hmm. So... You know, you have that word thrown in there, but you don't actually get to see any of it happening. I mean, it's just, I wish that there was some meaningful friendships among antagonists that even though I wouldn't understand them, uh, why anybody would want to be in those relationships, but that they would still have them so that they wouldn't be flat characters. Since it's such a human thing, I think it's, yeah, important to see in both the protagonists and antagonists even if the antagonist friendships it's meaningful to them but it really just helps them be worse you know like they're worse together than they are apart like which very well could be the case Mm -hmm. but um yeah it would still be a little more human yeah absolutely uh and it is so funny because when i was looking for the quote for this episode the two people who I, I found who use the term my friend are Tarkin when he talks to Vader, which actually I'm like, oh, that's interesting. But then the Emperor uses it all the time. He always calls people <laughs> his friend. He calls Vader his friend, even in Empire, when like obviously there's a imbalance there. Uh, he calls Yoda his little green friend when they're going to fight. Like, <laughs> it's it's just great. I think that it's uh, it's so fun to see friend used by maybe palpatine maybe he's one of those people who thinks like everybody is their friend like everyone (laughs) they meet is like their friend yeah absolutely he's he's like the the most popular girl in school or guy in school you know everyone's his friend who wouldn't like him (laughs) (laughs) that's great so i guess we should start wrapping this episode up so what is your takeaway before we go my takeaway is is that I think one of the, the really special things about Star Wars is that it is such a truly ensemble cast and that so often the relationships between characters are the things that I care most about when I'm watching, where sure there's plot, typically you have to go blow something up before it blows something else up, but <laughs> what I care more about is the way that the characters interact and what their motivations are and how often those motivations are based off of those they love or those they've lost or whatever else it might be and the way that those friendships and relationships kind of really spurn people on and how they help to define each other as well right where we don't just care about Lando because he's another protagonist, but because of his old friendship with Han and the fact that he felt bad about betraying them. And I think that, yeah, just friendships and relationships are such an important glue to bind the cast together. And I think for the most part, they're done in ways that are pretty 
pretty special and, and pretty well done. Hmm. That's nice. Yeah. What's your takeaway? So I think my takeaway is that I'm actually really interested in the idea of different sorts of friendships that could happen with just how the universe operates mm-hmm. that you wouldn't see in other types of genres of entertainment. The main one I'm thinking of right now would just be a force ghost being friends with someone that they never could have met in real life Mm. because it could be like generations and generations removed. And now I just really want to see that happen (laughs) because it would just be really interesting. You know, there's always that question that people will throw around. It's like, if you could go back in time and meet anyone, who would you want to meet? If you could actually do that in some ways and actually be friends with some, it would just be a really interesting idea. Like seven generations later, who Obi-Wan Kenobi would maybe be friends with mm. and like the relationship that they could have would just be really fascinating. Yeah, that is really cool. I'm sure there's got to be at some point some cool like short stories or uh, other things like that that discuss that or that utilize that kind of a, as a premise. I love that. Oh yeah, I'm sure there are a plethora of fan fiction that deal with that. <laughs> okay, well, why don't you bring up what we'll be discussing next time when we return to Harry Potter? Okay, so we are going to look at Harry Potter through the theme of loneliness. All right, from friendliness to loneliness. Oh, so apt. <laughs> okay, well, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Geek Between the Lines. You can find us on social media by searching for Geek Between the Lines on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Pinterest. Or find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash geekbetweenthelines. We really appreciate all those backers who've supported us thus far, especially at a time like right now where income is uh, not always guaranteed. It's really, really meaningful that we have that kind of support uh, to make this type of content. And if you want to join them, we would really appreciate it to help us uh, keep this as a sustainable and useful endeavor in our lives so go to patreon.com slash geek between the lines you'll also get access to all sorts of great extra content thanks again for listening and we'll see you next week until then geek Geek out. out